Well, blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again today. <clears throat> again, I'm in a little different place, and so it may sound a little different, hopefully not distorted or anything. <laughs> and so we'll have a uh, sort of a brief time together probably today. You never can tell, right? <clears throat> so anyway, we have been looking of late at uh, spiritual gifts. And let me just do a quick review because we're running into a couple of verses here that one we'll look at today and probably talk about a little more tomorrow and, look, and just sort of let it seep in a little bit. <clears throat> try to uh, get some understanding from the Spirit related to this. But I think it, we do well to look at the whole context and pay a, uh, pay attention to that. <clears throat> the Lord is telling his body that I have gifted you. Okay, And I've gifted you in various ways. I've gifted you in surface gifts and in spirit uh, speaking gifts. And all these gifts come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit grants the giftedness that he desires, that desire is coming from Father and Son himself, that triune nature of God, releasing what they want to release within each individual, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. And we've seen that in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. And, and we've seen how there's various uh, empowerments, various manifestations. But there's a couple things that we haven't seen. We haven't seen sharp lines of demarcation that have been drawn that man has created. For instance, in other portions of Scripture, uh, we find out that those who are saved may be free, may be slave, may be Roman, may be Greek, may be Jew, may be Gentile. In other words, there's not these lines of distinction. Uh, the big buzzword that's been used for years in, in our society is that of race. Okay. And when you read the scripture, you see that there is, really is no such thing as race in the way that is handled in our society. Yeah, there's uh, people groupings, no doubt. There's family groupings. Uh, there's distinctions of people. There's people that have hair that's straighter. There's people that's hair, that has hair that's curlier, you know, brown-eyed, blue-eyed, that kind of thing. <clears throat> no doubt. But in the outpouring of the Spirit, you don't see anything mentioned like that. So we get to chapter 14 of uh, 1 Corinthians, and we have seen <clears throat> that he is saying, hey, you know, don't let one gift exalt itself another. The whole idea is that the church needs to be edified, the church needs to be exhorted, and the church needs to receive consolation. And if you're speaking forth, it, you need to speak forth in a way that the church will understand. So if you're prophesying, then speak forth the word of God. If you're speaking forth in a tongue, pray that you would interpret, okay? Or make sure that there is someone there who has that gift of interpretation so that the church may be edified, so that the church will know what's being said. And that's the whole bottom line, is that the church would be edified. And so uh, Paul actually says toward the end of the chapter, so what's the outcome then? If each one, if you have a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation, whatever it may be, let it be done for edification. And he builds some more upon the uh, 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 the prophecy. He says, just let two or three of you stand up and prophesy. And if one of you is prophesying or speaking forth the truth, whatever, and something comes to mind to another one, let the first one sit down and let the other one pick up. Because the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. But he says, if there's no interpreter there, if you're not sure if anybody's going to be there to, to interpret a tongue you've got, then just let that you speak to yourself, okay, and speak to God. Now, verse 34, 1 Corinthians 14, is a passage that quite often people get all bent out of shape over, okay? And it says this, The women are to keep silent in the church, for they are not permitted to speak, 
but are to subject themselves, just as the law also says. If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. Now, I can't even begin to tell you the numbers of ways that this has been interpreted and the number of of ways that this has been explained through the years. (coughs) Excuse me. Still got some of that thing going on in my throat, right? Uh, and I, I think that all the ways that have been used to explain and interpret that there's validity in portions of all of it. Are there cultural things that are going on here? Yes, more than likely there are cultural things going on. Are there some things going on that might have been just happening within this local church right here? And there's certain hints that we see throughout the uh, letters of the church at Corinth and things that were happening, what you see in Acts, what we know about the city of Corinth and uh, how it was such a, a licentious city and such a sinful city uh, to such a point that if you were to tell somebody that they were acting as a Corinthian, you would really uh, besmirching them. Uh, it's a lot like saying you're acting like you're from San Francisco or something, you know. I think there's elements of that that are involved right there, okay? But I think that if we just take it at a surface value, what it's telling us right here, that we can glean some things that will be very helpful to us. He says the the women are to keep silent in the church, for they are not permitted to speak, but are to subject themselves, just as the law also says. It has to do with proper governmental authority, okay? It has to do with the structure even of the family because the next verse it says, if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home. So apparently in the going about with the prophesying and the speaking forth and the things that they were learning as to how these spiritual gifts were supposed to function in a corporate gathering, that things were getting a little out of hand. And it looks like that some of the ladies were uh, saying things and doing some things and were actually stepping outside of the proper governmental authority, particularly of the family. And you see more about this in other portions of the scripture, okay, about how the husband is the head of uh, of the household, okay, head of the family. And this isn't a type of thing that we're talking about, a, a caveman type of thing, you know, where you grab them by their hair and throw them out. No, that's not what it is at all. It is God's governmental structure of family. And it isn't type of thing where we sit there and say, well, they have to subject themselves to the men. No, no. It's, uh, there's nothing more powerful than a, a spirit-filled, godly, submissive woman. Now, in our in our society, when you say submissive, we think automatically, uh, to the point of slavery nearly, we think automatically of uh, less than equal in any way. And that is not at all all was being said here what he is saying is honor what the law says honor what the lord has done in the structure of the family and in the structure of husbands and wives and children and if the wife wants to know anything if there's a question about something like that let her ask her husband home because he says it's improper for the woman to speak in church, I think he's speaking of it in the context of what was happening here, in the context of uh, leadership, okay, in the context of usurping authority. Uh, it's not like uh, I remember one time years ago I was in college, and uh, I don't remember how this came about, but I was uh, at a church one Sunday. I think I was probably substituting for a friend of mine, and I really had not done. Uh, I hadn't been in a position of a minister of music or anything like that of leading in the church. I was young, maybe 21, 22. And I went to this church. It's a great little church out in the country. And at the end of the service, 
uh, a lady stood up and she gave some announcements about some things. Well, afterwards, I was coming back that night. And so I came back that night for the worship service, and the pastor comes to me, and he is just so distraught. I mean, so distraught and so apologetic. He said, I'm so sorry that, that happened. Uh, this morning, that will never happen again. I'm sorry that you had to, uh, you know, see that. I had no idea what he was talking about. And he finally uh, finally said, well, what, what, what happened? And he says, oh, that woman stood up and spoke in church. That is not at all what's being spoken right here, talking about. What is being talked about here is that women are not supposed to usurp improper authority. Okay. That's the bottom line. And that is subject to some interpretation depending upon what you're talking about within the body of Christ. The woman is never supposed to usurp the authority of the husband. I can tell you that point blank. If a woman is doing something in leadership, and I don't think there's anything wrong with with leadership, then it is under the authority of her husband. I'll give you a quick example. Kay Arthur, who writes all the precept ministry things and started precept ministry, she's the vice president of precept. She's under the authority of her husband, who's the president. She is the person out front. She's the one you hear speaking all the time. But he is the one who's the authority, and he's the one that's actually given the administrative gifts of the Holy Spirit to do everything that they've done. Anyway, our time's up. We'll pick this up. We'll discuss this a little more. Remember, take it to the Lord. Ask Him what it means. He'll give us understanding. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you. See you later.